everyone, and welcome to another Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. have a really unique podcast episode today where I welcomed in Rob Lawless, who is the creator of Rob's 10K Friends. And I was actually friend or connection number 5,199. So what we decided to do was kind of have a dual conversation where we'd record this as a podcast episode for the Just Get Started podcast. I want to read a quick bio, though, of Rob, and then we're going to jump into our conversation. On a mission to spend one hour one-on-one with 10,000 different people, Rob Lawless has met over 5,200 people from about 90 countries in the last seven years. He shared every one of their stories to his Instagram, at Rob's 10K Friends. Catching the attention of media like On Air with Ryan Seacrest, The Kelly Clarkson Show, and The Today Show. Meeting everyone from CEOs to celebrities to students to everyday people who've overcome extreme circumstances. He's also inspired others to go on their own journey of connection in Boston, Toronto, Germany, India, and Ethiopia. Since taking his project full-time in July of 2016, he's found financial stability through speaking at universities, companies, and conferences, and going forward, hopes to become a professor of connection, helping students learn from each other rather than a textbook. So I hope you all enjoy my conversation with Rob. We go all over the map on a variety of discussion points, and we roll right into the podcast once uh, I jump over here from the intro and uh, start the conversation. So hope you all enjoy it. Without further ado, please welcome in Rob Lawless. Yeah, I um, I actually have something called a roadcaster. Have you ever heard of this? I feel like I have met someone else who was like recording. So Maybe it's the same thing, but I will let you tell me because I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like think of it like a radio station has all the buttons and dials and all that. So mm. um, Rode, which is like has like microphones and and stuff like that, they uh they developed this product. This is the second version of it. It's really neat. Like I can so I can record live. Right now, I'm recording it, and it's coming through my Shure microphone, so I get the best quality. Obviously, I get okay. the quality. And then you can have different, uh, you know, like, sounds, like, uh, you know, so you can, like, put different sounds and stuff, so. Is it, like, an actual pad that, like, a physical pad that you bought? Yeah, imagine it's, like, maybe a little bigger than, like, a, you know, like a tablet of a phone, but it's, like, you know, it's, like, this thick, and it sits uh, okay. on my desk over here. Um, yeah, so anyways, it's pretty cool. It's... I wanted to upgrade my microphone. You know, I've been doing the the Just Get Started podcast for almost five years, and I had the same okay. microphone, and the quality was good. But I'm like, man, how do I up the quality? Yeah. Um, because like someone gave me some really good advice that does like voiceovers and stuff, and he's like, Brian, if you don't have top notch quality, people will turn off your show, even if you have a great guest or you know the conversations are good or whatever. So I'm like, all right, that gave me some confidence. Like, all right, I need to keep upgrading so anyways yeah you can hear the difference or i can hear the difference in your like you versus someone who joins with like this for example yeah yeah so the quality is always good and and especially too like if you're doing a lot of um conversations through zoom i don't know what's the what's the mixture of folks you're meeting in person versus like through zoom it probably leans zoom still majority but at like as of covid but I met the first 3,259 people in person. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do a Zoom call until that point. Yeah. So my hope is to push it back into majority in person, maybe with like a 60-40 split or 70-30. Yeah. So. And it definitely makes it, you know, to connect with more folks, Zoom gives you that opportunity. Obviously, the in-person is cool. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it gives you an opportunity to meet folks from all over the world that may not travel. Where, where, are, you, where are you located? Where's home? I am based in Philadelphia. Okay. So yeah, if everyone doesn't get up there, it's, uh, or you don't try, I'm not sure how much you travel, you know, that could obviously change some things. So yeah, the plan, the plan was to like get to a point where I either had partnerships that would help me travel or I could afford to travel on my own and start to see different countries and cities that way. Mm -hmm. And if you remember pre pandemic, like to have a flight, an airline partnership or a hotel partnership was a thing. Yeah. And then I feel like once both of those businesses crashed in the pandemic, like I can't conceive of someone having a solid airline partnership now. I'm sure they still do it, but yeah. Oh, but fortunately I speak about my project now. So that's how I make money. Mm-hmm. And I'm now being flown to different places around the country. So 
I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can travel with money, with getting paid or whatever, yeah. and start to see people in different places in person. Yeah, that's really neat. Well, and that's why I know when I reached out um, to uh, to connect with you, because I, and I can't remember if it was my mentor, I think Rich Keller um, uh, had mentioned yeah, yeah. you. Do you know Rich? Have you met Rich? Yeah. Okay. Um, but- I think Rich was the one that initially said, "Hey, have you heard of this Rob guy? Yeah. <laughs> you need to check him out." Just because, like, your story is so cool, like, especially with the the podcast and stuff. Like, you know, the whole "Just Get Started" podcast is around like you know doing something that you love, you know, something that mm-hmm. that maybe you're great at or maybe you're learning to, but really that gives you a, it kind of gives you that purpose in life, the things you want to do and accomplish. And that was kind of yeah. cool that I was reading a little of your story, like how you were doing consulting out of college and that was the path. And all of a sudden, obviously that you're doing this full time, it means you've doubled down on this and said, Hey, this is really the the avenue I want to go. So that's really neat. Just in a few years, how you're able to do that, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to see, I want to see when you first messaged me. I don't know what it was. It might've been last year. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, it says it's October 30th of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> a couple of years ago, which means that you heard of me before rich because i met him virtually well maybe you know what it was i may i may have now that i think about maybe i came across you and messaged you and then rich brought you up in a conversation Uh, i was like oh wow i need to and then maybe i maybe that's it my memory's fuzzy now i guess um yeah maybe i maybe he like said hey you need to catch up with Rob or something. I was like, oh, okay. And then maybe I said like, oh, I already messaged him. I, I can't remember. Yeah. Right now. No, that's good. I'm glad you messaged that. Um, yeah. Mentioned that. I, well, we have, so Sophie Barron is a mutual oh, yeah. of ours. Yep. Alexa Curtis is a mutual of ours. Yeah. Atisha Patel. So we have like a little overlap there. Yeah, a little overlap. Yeah, Atisha's up, uh, she's in Philly, if I recall. Last I saw her, she was, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Sophia and, and uh, Alexa and, and, and Rich have all been on the, uh, the podcast as well. So, um, and and Rich, is a, Rich is my mentor. He's someone that, you know, he's kind of helped me define my one word as a navigator and stuff. He's really helped mm. me with my Just Get Started mission. So, yeah, it's, it is cool how, like, the circle, you kind of, you know, you have those mutual overlaps, those one degree of separations, which is kind of neat. Yeah, it, it goes and and goes and um oh what's amanda mccrate do you know her i've i don't know if i've met amanda in person i don't think i maybe i met her at the next gen summit a few years back in 2019 um i, I can't recall or not but anyways i yeah i know of her and I, I know she did a lot of work with jesse isler and yeah and uh and sarah blakely i know so yeah, because I think that I think Rich found me through Amanda, oh, okay. and Amanda had known of me through like the Yes Theory Circle, and I, I think I met with her right after I met Zach King, who is on TikTok. So yeah, it's just crazy to it really is it, like the circles are just they're so overlapping. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what do you? So I'm kind of curious what in these conversations you're having with folks like what's the? Sorry, I'm gonna. I, I it's my podcast brain Go ahead. to ask questions. Yeah, <laughs> my curiosity, like what what's the the format? And I'm curious the format now versus when you started. Have you changed, or is it just like, hey, open conversation, just get to know people, or is there things you're trying to gather from each conversation? It's completely open, like not trying to gather anything. My genuine curiosity is just understanding someone's life story. Mm-hmm. I always say, like, when I talk about people now. I think about people's lives like a timeline and I'm just trying to get a sense of what that timeline looks like. Mm. So there's this framework that I teach now when I speak and I didn't come up with it, but it's called board. Mm. So it stands for family occupation, recreation and dreams. And if you think about someone's life, like a timeline, and I'm sure you do this without thinking about it in podcasting, like what does their family look like when they're a child, when they're growing up, what does it look like now? And then their occupation is what was their education like that led into their Mm. job and what does their career look like now and recreation is who are you outside of work what do you like to do for fun like what's your personality and hobbies and dreams is what do you want to do going forward with all those different categories so that's kind of i think about it more in that way now just because i'm aware Mm. of it that that framework kind of exists Mm. but 
the genuine curiosity is just chatting and like I've had conversations with people where we talk for 45 minutes about uh, scuba diving oh, or nice. yeah because and some of them go very deep and others don't and I'm fine either way with that and I think the thing that I care about is spending that time with that person like sharing an hour with them and just opening the door because mm-hmm. you never know when you'll walk back through that door yeah so it's more of a connection driven hour than a content driven hour I see nice. where like uh, yeah, like I, I post people's stories as a byproduct and I keep track of everyone because it's nice to have the log of everyone that I've met. And but I always say, like, I post stories as a byproduct of meeting people, not I don't meet people to post their story. I meet people to meet them. Yeah. And then I post their story as a byproduct. Yeah. No, I love yeah. that. Well, it's funny because that's how I started the podcast. Like, I wanted to learn more about, you know, the whole for me, like getting over the fear and uncertainty and doubt of like just living life and being complacent and all that. It's like learn from people and have conversations about, hey, how did they get started? How did they overcome this stuff? What are they doing? And again, I take it more like a professional having like a professional date kind of thing, like having a coffee and just wherever it goes. Certainly like like I actually used to prepare with um like specific questions. Again, partly just being nervous and and kind of not knowing where to go. And now like I'll jot some notes down, just kind of general curiosity, things I discover if I do a little research, but a lot of it's just kind of on the fly as they say something like, oh, that's interesting, let's pry in there. And it becomes yeah. more conversational, uh, which I enjoy because you know a lot of times if you prep with questions, unfortunately, you only get those answers. With, you, you can't dive deeper into areas yeah. that you never even thought of. You know, It doesn't expand the conversation. Yeah, I agree. I always think of it visually like a question is a door to a room full of many other doors Mm. and then you go in that room and you're like oh okay well which one of these doors do i want to open yeah and then sometimes you open the door and it's just a wall there and you're like all right we'll close that go to the next one yeah that's so i like yeah it's uh i I was just gonna say it's funny too because when i do podcasts a lot of times people will send me like here are the questions for you to look at beforehand and i just never look at them because i i think what i do is not very different from a podcast so in terms of just connecting and chatting with people. So I love the free flow yeah. conversation, but I get that's, I guess, just me, a personal take on me because sometimes they're like, people get, they feel more comfortable if they know what they're going to be asked ahead of time. Well, I do prep folks with a couple like questions around, because I, I'll ask a lot about their getting started moment. You know, we all have these inflection points and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so I'll start the conversation there. Um, I do like to ask like a piece of advice of kind of someone getting started. So there's some that I, I try to ask that are more mm-hmm. just in my head because I do it all the time. But I, you yeah. know, it's interesting, different than yourself, maybe a lot of folks don't do a lot of podcasts or speak or whatever. So yeah. what I found is like, if I send at least a few questions, it helps them at least jot some notes or prepare. So they're not because because I, I found a lot of people get nervous That's in a true. podcast interview. So like, you know, they go to the simple answer sometimes or like their brains all scattered. So at least if they have something jotted down, they could reference it. Yeah. And it helps them kind of, because my, my whole point of the podcast is trying to make them look as, you know, in, in terms of their best light. I don't want them to, to stumble around or, or fumble mm-hmm. because they're nervous. So I try to send them a few things to be like, hey, be thoughtful here, write some notes and it may help you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely me projecting my individual experience <laughs> onto other people. No, that's but- fair. I'm the same yeah. way. I mean, I, I have like, I'm doing a podcast later this afternoon um, that I'm, I'm a guest on. And like, I jotted some notes. I did a little research, you know, and I had mm-hmm. those guys on my podcast in the past. So I know them a little bit, but yeah, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to flow into it based on how they, you know, I, I think I've just got good enough to be able to kind of navigate a conversation just based on yeah. doing hundreds of episodes, you know, and conversation. So, yeah. Well, I'm curious. So if you're up with it, I would like to answer the questions that you like those ones you typically yeah. have, but I also want to hear your answer for each one. Okay. Yeah, we okay. can do that. So cool. let's do uh, and I, by the way, I'm going to make sure before we end, I want to, I had actually had a thought around this Ford framework. Yeah. I have an interesting question around that, but let's get, let's save that. Okay. Um, so yeah. So the two biggest ones I ask in the podcast, be, because one of the things that I know a lot of folks struggle with and I, and I bet, with the thought, what, what, by the way, what number are you on right now? Conversation or connection? That's a great question. You are. Oh, I actually have my number. This is, this is exciting. Yeah. Cause everything is up to date. So oh. 
You were 5,199. 5,199. I like it. Yes. All right. 51.99. Um, so with the 5,000-plus connections you've had, I, I would assume if you get deeper into conversation, you probably hear a lot of similar stuff what I'm about to ask, which is mm -hmm. we all have these different moments in life. Like going back to, let's say if we both went back to our 15-year-old self, Sure. There's zero, I, I wouldn't believe anyone if they said, oh, it, I don't know how old you are. I'm 39. You look a lot younger than me. So I'm 31. <laughs> okay. So, but no one, I would not believe if they're like, oh yeah, I knew exactly what I was going to be doing in my thirties. No. Mm -hmm. Like if you were going to want to be a lawyer and you're a lawyer, okay, maybe, but like, you're probably not the type of lawyer maybe you thought you'd be, or you're not living where you thought like life changes so much. So one of the big things I always like to start out with folks being the Just Get Started podcast is where was a time or two, you can pick kind of, that really diverged you from the road you thought you were going down to kind of this new path that you're currently on today? Is there a story or two you can share that kind of got <coughs> you off of one path? Maybe it's a, a mindset or mentality change, or maybe yeah. it's something physical that happened, but you can take it either way. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like I majored in finance at Penn State and I minored in entrepreneurship. So I kind of was going down this traditional life path. So my first job after school, I was doing consulting for Deloitte. And I had a girlfriend that I met three weeks before school let out. And in the program that I was at at Deloitte, you do two years as an analyst, one as a consultant, and then they pay for you to get your MBA full time for two years. So my mindset at that time was I will be at Deloitte for at least seven years because I want to get my MBA and I want them to pay for it. So you have to commit two years back to the firm. Mm -hmm. And if I had done that, I would have an MBA right now from like Harvard or Wharton or University of Chicago or Columbia, one of the, you know, nice ones to throw on your right. resume. And I quickly into my time at Deloitte realized that I didn't want to do 40 years in an office and then retire. And just the fact that I had studied entrepreneurship as a minor, I was always curious about that path, coupled with the fact that when I was in high school, the movie The Social Network came out. And when I was in college, Evan Spiegel, same age as me, starts Snapchat. So I was seeing these young people create companies. And Penn State had their own example. Three guys started a company called Weebly. It's kind of like Squarespace. Yep. They ended up selling it for like $350 million. But I thought that sounded a lot better than working behind a computer for 12 hours a day for 40 years. But the catalyst was my one of the projects that i was on when i was a consultant at deloitte was it was the commonwealth of kentucky was our client mm -hmm. so i would fly from philly every week there would be people who flew from california and new york and one of the guys would fly up from houston every week and he was probably like four years older than me so he was the senior consultant on the project and we were just you know late nights at the office talking about my interest in entrepreneurship and he told me that he had a friend who did sales for a startup in philly and he said he's one of my best friends from high school you should chat with him about it because this guy had gone from private equity to being this director of sales mm -hmm. so i thought that was interesting and he put me in touch with his friend and i i talked to him and i looked into their company and it seemed cool but i told him on the phone i said i'm not trying to join your company i'm just interested in how you went from private equity to a startup because i'm interested in taking a similar leap someday mm -hmm. and then as i talked to him and they were going to build out their sales team and they had seven million in funding at time and at the time, which in Philly was really good. And they were working on a product that was similar to Tableau, which is basically like a better way of visualizing data than Excel pivot tables and whatnot. Right. And all the partners at Deloitte at the time were really excited about Tableau. So I thought a startup doing this had a, a good market to capture. Anyway, so I ended up joining this startup because of this guy that I met simply because of this consultant that I worked with in Kentucky. And I moved into Philly for that job, for that startup. And once I got to Philly, I decided to take the steps towards this project, which I'd been kicking around for like a year and a half in my mind. But I was really involved at Penn State, had a huge network there, felt like that had gone away when I graduated. And then when I moved into Philly, I decided I can create that same network if I just start to get to know the people around me. And if I structure it as this 10,000 goal and I commit to it full time, maybe I can turn that into my career. So I started meeting people November 11th of 2015 was my first meeting. Over the next eight months, I met like 100 more people after work or on the weekends. 
And then end of June 2016, the company that I worked for was acquired. I was laid off and I jumped into this full time. Wow. And the rest is kind of history. That wow. June of 2016 is the last time I worked for someone else. Wow. What, uh, why 10,000? Did you do some math and calculations to figure out how long that would take or what was the? No, I definitely did not. I, <laughs> if you look at my initial emails to people, I say that I want to do it in aggressively about four years. It's been November will be seven years and I'm just halfway. So yeah. I was way off on how long it was going to take, but I just figured, okay, you take an eight, nine hour workday, insert number of people and then do the math there. But what I didn't, which I think is great for entrepreneurship and I'm sure you feel the same way. And then the idea of just getting started, I tell people now, if I thought of everything that I could have thought of at the time for my project, I probably would have thought of 5% of what I actually needed to learn. Mm -hmm. But what I know now, the other 95% only came through experience. So I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time. So I didn't realize like how long it would take to commute to people or to write their stories and post them or all the time that it would take to message back and forth to set up times to meet or the number of people that would not show or would cancel last minute. So all these different things yeah. I learned on the way. But I chose 10,000 because I, it was just a, the way I explain it is Seth Godin has this book called The Purple Cow. Yeah. It says if you're driving down the street and you see a cow at a farm, you're not going to think twice. You're going to keep driving. But if you are driving down the street and you see a purple cow at a farm, like you're going to get out, you're going to take a picture, you're going to post it to Instagram, TikTok, and tell everyone about it. And for me, if I were going to meet 10 new people or one person, it was not a big deal. If I were to meet 100, probably a cool side project. But in order to paint my concept purple, I had to make it daunting. And that is part of the reason why I chose 10,000. And the other part was just seemed like a really cool adventure to me that gave it time to turn into something yeah. and evolve along the way. Yeah, it makes it a little more, yeah, that there's a there's a longer journey there than if you picked a hundred, it's like, okay, what do we do after a few months? You know, you're done. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And and one of the things you brought up that's yeah, it's something I've I don't want to say learned. I'm trying to learn and continuing to learn is around building the right systems in place to yeah, all of these hurdles that come into play. And not one, you can't not doing everything. It's impossible to do everything. So how do you start cutting out things? How do you be more focused? And how do you, you know, cause like sometimes I've gone through these practices, like scheduling out like every minute of my day. And, and then what you realize is like, oh, that took longer or I needed more time. And then this gets put and it's like, why don't I, why don't I just try to focus on like one thing today or, or mm. maybe two blocks of something versus trying to fit everything in. And I don't yeah. know if you do that based on your scheduling, like, how, you know, give yourself at least some parameters to, Hey, you're running late or it's in traffic or again, whatever, you know, comes yeah. up, but being able to actually, you know, um, have a better calendaring and scheduling system, you know? Yeah, I do do that. I think systems are hugely important to anyone's success. And for me, cause when I first went full time, it was just like, when are you available? Oh, okay. Tuesday at 2 PM. Cool. We'll meet then next person, Wednesday at 9 AM. Cool. Thursday at six. Fine. And then my mind was just jumping all over the place trying to, cause no day looked the same. And then I was like, okay, I have to, I have to, make this a routine so back then it was i was meeting people 9 a.m 11 a.m 4 9 a.m 11 2 4 and 6 p.m i was meeting five people a day and i went from like 9 to 7 9 a.m to 7 p.m and then in, in the nighttime, i would message people to set up times for the next week mm -hmm. and now i meet people at 8 a.m 10 a.m and 1 p.m typically and i keep 3 p.m as an option like if someone can't meet at 10, they can do three. I'll do that as well. But I account for three meetings a day now. And then all the extra time goes into speaking, which right now is reading a book called Think by this guy, Matt Church. Hmm. So I have like 12 engagements this month and next month. And because I feel like to get more engagements, I should just do a really good job at those ones and let the word of mouth spread rather than trying to use the non meeting people time to book new ones. So I'm trying to do a lot of thinking and reflection right now. And how can I share my message with people in the most effective manner? So, or other times it was over the summer, cold calling schools a couple hours a day. So 
yeah, three people a day. And then I have other systems in my life, like lunch is always noon to one. I go to the gym like 5 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I read for an hour before bed every night, like 10 to 11. So it's my opinion that all the boring parts of life, well, not boring parts, but like if you can create predictability in your life with certain things, it allows for spontaneity in other areas. Yeah. So I try to have that mix. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, those mundane moments that actually are probably the majority of our life anyways. Mm-hmm. And if you build that in, because I'm similar to you in the fact of I try to be consistent with my workouts, but definitely like my bedtime routine I've put together. And it's funny because I, I realized like I was trying to get up earlier in the morning and have a better start to the morning. Well, what I realized though, I had to have a better bedtime routine so that mm-hmm. I can actually be well slept to get yeah. up and be able to accomplish. So the bedtime routine is actually probably more valuable than the morning routine for me. But same thing. It's like technology off at a certain time, generally about 930 to 10 reading for 15 to 20 minutes, you know, turn the, mm-hmm. turn the air down. So it's a little cooler, like these kind of practices to get to yeah. sleep better. So um, I agree with you. I think building those systems in place, and it makes it easier because it's less decisions we have to make. Like mm-hmm. we know what's already going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I call it structured spontaneity. Yeah. I like, I, know I'm, I like that. I'm meeting someone at eight, 10 and one. Like the fact that I'm having a meeting is structured, mm-hmm. but who that meeting is with and what we talk about is spontaneous. Yeah. So how do folks, I know I had reached out to you through Instagram, like do folks just sign up on a calendar link? Like, is that, is that how they get there? Or do you have to kind of vet everyone that comes on that you're speaking with? I go through every single person. Okay. Like, Cause if I have a Calendly, which a lot of people have said, you should just set up Calendly. But if I, then I can't really control like the age diversity or the talking to people from different parts of the world or like uh, racial diversity, any of those things. And I like my project to be very balanced. Mm-hmm. So I try to, now that I have enough people reaching out, like I try to make sure it's a good mix of a lot of different people. But if I, I think if I had a Calendly and people could just sign up whenever they wanted, I think it would be an increase in people who don't show because they wouldn't have that communication with me. Yeah. And I think that it would be a little less control on my end. And I think there's some, a more personal touch to communicating back and forth before having the actual meeting. Mm-hmm. So that's how I approach it for now. It's not to say that I may not change that in the future because as I think about becoming more and more of a thought leader, the way I value my time, I think is going to change. And like, I do things now where I I have my brother's car and I have his easy pass. So if I go through tolls, I'll just Venmo him the money, but I'll look at the toll versus non-toll route. And if the non-toll route is 30 minutes longer and I can save like $15 or whatever, I'm like, all right, well, that's $30 an hour. I'll just take the other route. But Hopefully I'll get to a point where my time is worth more than $30 an hour. So I think once I get to that point, I'll start to change things around. But for now, yeah, that's how I do it. Well, it's funny because I went through something similar as I was starting the podcast. It was a kind of email back and forth. Hey, these are times that work, whatever. I've kind of went to like a hybrid approach because, yeah, I still want to vet the guests. It's not like, hey, Mm -hmm. just sign up, whatever. But then I... uh, then I send a Calendly link. So it's like, hey, you're good. Want you on the show. Excited mm. about it. Hey, here's a link. Pick a time that works for you. And then mm. with that, there's a guest form for them to fill out certain information. So like when I post, like if someone goes to the website, let's say to see your you know, <laughs> episode, um, it has all like some different details um, and stuff. So anyways, it kind of, you know, it's still a, I think a, a nice touch, but at the same time, it's to your point, it's like, yeah, how do I get away from the back and forth rescheduling and all that? That's where like a Calendly comes in nicely, I guess. Yeah. If someone has to reschedule. So you may have just opened my mind a little bit because I don't know if I really considered the hybrid approach to okay. it. Good. Yeah. It's, so. a, it's a good way to do it because then it's like, like even with us scheduling, um, where I, again, I appreciate how flexible and you're like, Hey, do you want to do one PM like this day is if you send that Calendly link, now I'm going to look and be like, all right, I have all these things you want to, oh, wait, I want to, because I want to talk to Rob. You know, that's my, yeah. like, I want to talk to him. It's like, okay, let me find a time in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So anyways, it, it's, yeah, yeah. I would encourage you maybe to, to look at the hybrid. It might, it might save you some time and energy because I, I assume your time is worth way more than $30 an hour. I bet if you did the math, it's probably several mm-hmm. hundred dollars an hour. 
So if you do that and figure out, um, it might, it might be good. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. There's always, <laughs> um, I have little, and then I think that's the part of the value of talking to people yeah. is the knowledge transfer. So another example of that is I used to do, you know, how I have a little video clip of everyone that I meet virtually yeah, right. and to add the subtitles to it, I didn't have a good way of doing that. So I will clip a minute clip in my Mac and then I'll airdrop that to myself. And then I was pushing it through TikTok because they do the auto captions. Instagram doesn't have good ones for like posting just a static video okay, or, or, or something that's not a reel or a story. So I was pushing it through TikTok and then I was screen recording the TikTok video and then I was cutting that again and cropping it. And I talked to this girl and she was like, you should use CapCut. It's the same thing and you can just export it right to your phone. So oh. I've been doing that ever since. And she has saved me hours of time just yeah. with one little thing that I'd seen CapCut on other people's TikToks and stuff, but it took me talking to her to make that change. Yeah. Well, it's so funny too, like the, the amount of knowledge we have available to us. I was talking to my brother about this and he's, he's had a couple of companies and he does a lot of like media and graphic stuff, like video editing and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we were chatting about something because I have like the, the camera I'm recording. So I'm doing a whole like um, uh, sales video course. Um, you know, trying to, I, I do some consulting for like entrepreneurs and founders to be able to kind of help them grow their business, especially early stage folks that are, sure. you know, it's like a tech founder trying to sell. It's challenging, right? Cause they don't know a lot mm -hmm. about that anyways. So I, I bought this new Sony ZV one camera, which is what I'm talking with you on now. And I was having this issue the other day. I'm like, the audio was horrible for some reason. I have it connected to my roadcaster too. Um, so I can get the audio quality of the mic, but anyway, so it was a quick YouTube video. I searched and said roadcaster connecting to the sony and and within like a five ten minute video or whatever i was able to pick out like oh because my usb cord to power this thing because i don't want to power it through battery is connected and when you have it connected to the computer somehow it like the output of the energy mm -hmm. once i unplug the usb cord perfect so it's just oh. like it's so crazy yeah. how like one there's probably a youtube video for anything but just like being able to kind of pull that information where like I mean, you and I aren't, aren't that different in age, eight years. Like, imagine when we were kids, like, yeah. that information was hard to find, you know, when we were 12. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy times we live in with the access of information. Um, but, but for some reason, I don't know why, it's like, we don't think that way. We don't think that we could access it. Like, you know, we, we kind of stumble and um, kind of knock ourselves around or get frustrated when it's like, hey, the answers are out there. We just have to do a little digging. And be yeah. willing to kind of, you know, be that beginner learner. That's what, that's what one of my big things in my journey has been be, being a beginner learner, mm. being okay with being, you know, frustrated and, and, you know, quote unquote, like dumb or stupid, like looking at a situation and be like, I don't know what I'm doing and ultimately yeah. trying to get to the next step, you know, cause this mentality, like growing up, I don't know if this is just a, you know, I grew up in upstate New York is just like the, we have to know everything. Like you, you know, I, 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 I write a lot of blog articles and um, I wrote one recently about kind of like, I used to sit in the back of the class and like never raise my hand if there was a question because I was scared to look stupid in front of the class. Mm -hmm. But I, now I know 50% of the class or more had that same question. Yeah. And I, I think that's, if we take that approach to life, like, okay, if I don't know something, well, let's go seek and find and, and learn. And it's mm -hmm. gonna make us better, not because we learn that information, but the struggle, kind of that bridge to go from the unknown to the known. And ultimately, we actually become more fulfilled in life because of that. Like we've accomplished something small, you know, and that gives us that confidence to move forward. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I have to do like making my money through speaking now. I have a ton of imposter syndrome around it. When I do it, I get good reviews. I still get very nervous beforehand and sometimes during. But I'm like. I'm not going to be an expert speaker at speech number 10, like maybe 1,010. Yeah. So, and I talk about that too, to give yourself that grace period. Cause I think as kids, we pick things up so naturally. Mm -hmm. And then it, when it takes time as an adult, we're like, not for me, I don't, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But yeah, if you push through, you get better and better. And I think my project has helped frame my mind in that way because to get to 10,000, it's one step at a time. Yeah. And you can't shortcut that. So now I think of other things just in terms of the time I'm investing. Like I, I have two guitars. So if I want to play John Mayer's hard songs, I can't do that in 10 hours. 
there's got to be a point where it's like 3000 hours that's possible so it's changed the way i look at things like that too yeah have you there's a, that i don't know why this this is so random it's like a squirrel sometimes with me i i jump around have sure. you seen this um this tedx talk with josh kaufman does that name ring a bell to you is he the venture capitalist uh no he's i think he's an author but okay anyways he uh he has this tedx talk i'd encourage anyone listening to uh to uh go check him out but it's about how you can learn something in 20 hours like so he he does this ted talk and i'll you know spoiler alert but like he you know he has a ukulele and he learned the ukulele so like right at the end of the ted talk he plays the ukulele like this whole song and he's like this is ending my 20th hour of practice Hmm. so basically like how you don't have to be great like the malcolm gladwell like ten thousand hours thing but if you just want to be good at something and learn, you know, 20 hours is enough. And obviously maybe it's more than that, but like, if you just put, but this goes to your point, it's, it's the one small step. It's the, it's the one thing I learned with this podcast. And I kind of, you know, try to put in my life is consistency. You may mm-hmm. not do it great. You may not be perfect at it. You may stumble, but it's that you're consistently those small steps you're talking about. It's the consistency day after day that you're yeah. actually attempting it because you learn yeah. so much from that attempt, you know? Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So what is your catalyst to change your path? That's a good, yeah, good, uh, good transition. Um, I have so, so many when I look back, I, so I'll give one, actually, I don't know. I don't, I haven't talked about this a ton. Um, so the biggest change for me is changing my mindset. It's changing my thinking. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a physical change. You know, I've had career changes and all this, um, but there's two moments in my life, and this is actually because I, I talk about this a little bit, but I haven't maybe as much uh, more closer to you know 2022. So back in high school, so this is 2001, I still remember I had a, a great teacher, Mr. Hines, and I took a public speaking class. And I still remember it, like I'm visioning it now as, as we're talking, like I remember walking out of class one day, and he kind of stopped me, like put his arm out kind of, you know, as I remember, and he stopped me, and he's like, Brian, you have great pitch and tone. You should be on radio someday. And I, again, I'm still, I guess, don't know if I do or not, but people keep saying, like, Brian, you got a really good voice and, and all that stuff. But I, and, and I'd have people over those years say that um, over the last, you know, whatever, 20 plus years. And it always gave me confidence. Of, and that's why, you know, as I started listening to podcasts, I said, man, I really want to start a podcast. It's something I'd, I'd love to do. And, but I never had the confidence to like one branch out and do something which is so outside of my, you know, kind of little bubble and comfort zone of like, no, you're, the, you know, kind of going back to the, the Ford mentality. I, I want to get into that a little later, but like, okay, go get your job, work your entry level job. Like you were doing with Deloitte, work your way up, you know, kind of don't bang in any walls as Steve Jobs used to say. Right. And that's kind of how I live my life. So as I spawned into, so this is, this is a little tangent, but I started the just get started podcast in November of 2017. All right. That was the catalyst of all my whole just get started mission. It was the podcast. But what's funny is I wanted to start a podcast in 2015. I remember going to this conference called the MLC Connect. It was for like sports designers. I was I was selling software in the in the uh, creative space at the time. And I remember meeting this guy, Adam Martin, shout out to Adam, uh, makers of sport podcast. And we had a great talk. And he's like, give me these ideas, the podcast and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm going to I'm going to go podcast. I'm going to start one. I'm excited about it. So a whole year goes by. (laughs) I see him again in 2016, same conference. And he's like, Hey man, did you start the podcast? And I'm like, no, no. Cause again, I'm still going through like trying to learn, but I've been changing over and over that last year. I've been learning. I've been mustering up some stuff again. I'm going to start the podcast. Another year goes by. So now it's the summer of 2017, same conference, talk with Adam again. And he's like, uh, you start the podcast? I'm like, so now I'm like embarrassed. I'm like pissed off at myself because I'm like, Brian, you've let two years elapse. Now, again, I've learned and expanded my knowledge in other areas and I've gotten you know better at certain things. But for some reason, I was still scared of like, what are people going to think of me if I start a podcast and all this? And, fi- and I said it there, I'm like, and, and it was, this was a changing moment for me. I said, Adam, I was like, I'm going to start the podcast and you're going to be a guest on it. Um, 
And sure enough, I start. I came up with a just get started idea because right after that, because I'm thinking about like I'm a big 49ers fan, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do a football podcast, or I, I you know, I'm a golfer, so I'm like, I had all these ideas, and then I remember just thinking like, man, wait a minute, I've been struggling for years to get started with doing things. So side note, like I, I've written two children's books. The first one I wrote in 2012 when my son was born, but I didn't publish it until 2020. So I shelved it for like seven years before I actually edited it and because I was scared. I was nervous. Again, it's, you know, was, wasn't who I was um, or didn't think so. So this is all to circle back to say, all right, there's got to be people like me that are struggling to get started, that are, have a fear, that are like so worried about what other people think, that are basically playing small ball in their life. So I said, okay, maybe this is an opportunity to do two things. One is I actually am getting started, so I'm going to do something that I want to do and I'm excited about. But then I also can learn and share that story with other people that need to hear it from other folks mm-hmm. that have gotten started. Maybe they're further ahead on their journey. Um, and that's how the Just Get Started podcast was uh, was born. Nice. So, yeah, it's, so been, it's been awesome. Yeah. November 2017, you said? November 2017 will be a five-year anniversary. Um, and, and now, you know, with, again, my whole Just Get Started mission, and this is we were talking about, you know, um, you know, Rich Keller earlier, he's helped me identify that I'm a navigator. Mm-hmm. And I want to help navigate people to just get started. Uh, mm-hmm. Because one of the things I learned was that the only way that we can discover happiness is that we first have to discover ourselves. You know, we're all seeking happiness, right? I mean, that's you know buzzword out there in the world. But what we fail to do, because I've done this for a lot of years, and I'm still, you know, struggle with this, is we fail to look inside. Like, what actually do I want to do that makes mm-hmm. me happy? Not what makes, you know, so-and-so down the street happy and and by be buying something or doing something, you know, again, it makes me look good. That's not it. What mm-hmm. actually really makes me happy with the things that I'm doing, the people that I'm around, right? The projects yeah. that I'm accomplishing. And when we really sit with that and we can accept it, all of a sudden it makes the decision so much easier. Mm-hmm. So once I said, yeah, I don't care what people think. If they, if they don't like the podcast, whatever, okay, no one, not everyone's going to like me. You know, actually, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like me. So let's start the podcast. And then that's what propelled me to finish the children, my first children's book. And then obviously, I wrote the second one and published that and do, you know, I blog a lot. I do the sales consult. There's all these different things, all because I took that approach of like, I discovered what makes me happy. And now I'm just doing a lot of, you know, different things around that. And that's also changed my circle of friends and the people that I'm around. You know, it's done a lot of things for me once I discovered that. So yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of catalyst moments. There, there, there's probably many others I could share, but like those are at least in terms of just get started and how it changed my mindset. It really was, you know, back in high school and then how that actually came to fruition, you know, as I got into my, uh, my thirties, you know? Yeah. And it's cool. It's like that fear of starting the podcast is the same fear of raising your hand in class and yeah. not knowing the question. And I think the funny thing is like, the person who doesn't care and raises their hand, everyone looks at that person like, oh, they're so confident because they don't care. They're not yeah. afraid. Or the person who starts their podcast, it's like the person who will stand up and walk or who will accept their uncertainties and their insecurities. Yeah, That was something I learned from my project because I used to think confident people did not have insecurities or they were sure of themselves. And then it switched to where I was like, no, these people have all those things. They just accept them rather than try to pretend they don't have them. Yeah. You know, what's funny is like you mentioned earlier about the speaking, like I, it's funny when I talk to folks and again, I, you know, I kind of, I, I can carry a conversation, you know, I, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy being around people, you know, and connecting. And, but a lot of people, like one of the things, and this always surprised me is like, Oh, Brian, you're so extroverted. And I'm, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not like, I don't think you know how nervous I am inside. Like how, you know, especially if I'm around a bigger group of people, but it's it's this thing. You ever see a beautiful mind? You know that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way I like to explain it is like, you know, at the end of the movie. Again, these are spoiler alerts. People that haven't seen these these things. So, <laughs> you know, at the end of the passed. movie, you know, the end of the movie where he has like, you know, his the visions he sees or whatever, like those, you know, the the little mm-hmm. what is it, the little girl, and then his I think his roommate and and whatever, um, where they're kind of there. They're there, but they're not bothering anymore. And that's yeah. how I see a lot of my insecurities, my anxiety and stuff is they're still there. They're in the mm-hmm. background, 
but I've learned to deal with them. I've learned mm -hmm. to accept them, that they're always going to be there. And ultimately, by doing that, I don't worry about them as much or ever. Yeah. So it's really interesting versus I always used to worry. I used to be anxious. I used to be like, what's going to happen here? And once I realized, like, wait, I'm always going to have those. But Brian, you, you don't know what the future is going to hold. So how can I, you know, I love the Seneca quote of, you know, we suffer more in imagination than in reality. It's like we have these visions in our head of what's going to happen, but we don't know what's going to happen. We're just making yeah. them up. They're just stories that are technically false because they haven't happened yet. Um, so anyways, that's how I kind of at least get day to day is like, they're going to be there, but mm -hmm. let's not let them bother me as much, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. What is your, okay. So let me, let me throw it back on you. Cause I want your, your just get started advice. So someone that's starting today, what's going to give them a kick in the pants to get started? Is there a quote you live by advice you'd share any insight that's helpful? I always like with the benefit of hindsight of starting now, I think I recommend that people like either start or reevaluate if you really want to do what you think you want to do. Because if you aren't willing to start, then maybe you should think, okay, I'm not passionate enough about this. Like maybe make it like a tough decision for yourself. Like I will do it or I won't. Because I think we also build it up into our mind, like me doing this project, like, okay, if I, if I agree to meet one person, I'm locked in to meet 10,000 people and everyone's going to know and everyone's going to talk about it. And if I don't do that, there's going to be shame and whatnot. But that is actually not the case. The case is actually, I just talked to one guy and I met him for an hour. And if I stopped, no one ever would have known that I had done this, that I had tried it, that I didn't do it. So you can do a lot of the first steps in silence and prove to yourself, is this something I want to do? I met eight people before I started my Instagram account. Again, because I was like, okay, well, am I going to commit to this publicly and put this out there? And after eight, I was like, yeah, we're doing it. So I started the account. I had already taken pictures with them and written their stories and stuff. I just published them. Cause if you, if you go back to the bottom of my Instagram, it's, it's the first post will be like January 20 something of 2016. Mm. But I met the first person November 11th of 2015. And I just posted all of those at the same time and then kept going. So yeah, I think it's to, to create that, that sense for yourself because you can't tell if you truly enjoy what you think you're going to enjoy unless you're actually in the action of doing it. Mm -hmm. And I heard that from the Penn State Weebly guys too. They were like, work on the things you want to do outside of class or whatever. And I think a misconception I had was that it was always going to feel like this drag on you, like this sacrifice that you were doing. And like you had to go through the hardship and the hustle culture of entrepreneurship. But if it's a passion, it's something that gives you energy. I, I noticed in my journey that I stopped going out to the bars because I was more interested in answering messages on a Friday night yeah. and more interested in saving that money and putting it towards my project. So you can't, you can't figure out that act if, if you never give yourself the time to actually live in it for a bit. So yeah, that would be my advice to get started is to take the first step. And even if you could think about it too, like define, I guess, what those steps are. Like if you don't know what the first few steps are, you need to do that too. Yeah. So you can understand what you have to do. But once you do, do it. And like, you don't have to succeed tomorrow but you will never succeed if you don't get started today. So the, the other thing, this is not part of your question, but I will say it because it was important to me Go ahead. In, in my project was, I think the formula for success is to start and then never stop. So I think the never stop part is important. And for me, there were times like 2018, I had $500 to my name after starting at Deloitte, my starting salary at Deloitte was 72.5. So had like a great salary. I worked professionally for three years. Years later, I had $500 to my name. The next year I had $200 to my name. And my mantra became the end is never the end. It's a song, it's a line from the Kid Cudi song, Up, Up and Away. Okay. But as I thought about it, cause I would approach $0 in my bank account. And to me, that was really scary. But as I got closer to that amount, I realized that was not the end. It was just what I told myself the end was. Like $0 in my bank account would have meant that I do a GoFundMe or I put out an Instagram story asking for a part-time job or I start applying for full-time jobs. 
oh, I said it didn't mean the end. It just meant a different path forward than I had originally anticipated. And I think for people who do get started, that's something to keep in mind too, because the only end is if you quit, if you stop. Mm -hmm. And if you are feeling that pressure, you really have to sit down and be like, have I exhausted every possible option or am I just tired? You know, because I mean? if you have not exhausted every possible option, then it's back to the drawing board and you just got to pull yourself up and continue going. And maybe that thing that you didn't consider before is the thing that takes you to where you want to go. So that's been a really important thing for me as well. Yeah, that's a great point um, because, it, you know, the, the keep going, it doesn't mean it has to be a massive keep going. It's just, you know, again, are, are you going to avoid the barrier that's in front of you or are you just going to, you know, take it as is, right? Do you, mm -hmm. It's kind of like, what was it? Um, I remember hearing Simon Sinek say this maybe best is like, you know, some see, some people see the obstacle and some people see like the actual solution or the way around it. And it just mm -hmm. depends on what mentality you take, you know? You could be a yeah. realist, but like, are you looking at it more optimistically? Like, hey, there's opportunity here. Or are you always going to be a pessimist and say, well, it's done. I, I'm never going to succeed here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like playing a game of Jenga. Like, if it's your turn and you poke the block and it's it's not moving, yeah. you don't say, all right, I'm done. I'm out of the game. You poke the other blocks and you see which one you can actually take and move to the top. And that's kind of how I view life now, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great, you know, and... As you were saying that, you know, I kind of think because like people always ask me, oh, Brian, you know, you ask for people's advice. Like, what would your advice be or whatever? And I'm like, well, and I have like 100 pieces probably just depends on the, the thing. But, you know, from what you said, this is something that I've really been thinking about a lot recently is like. We spend so much time. So let's say someone, you know, doesn't like their full time job and full disclosure, you know, I, I still work full time. I have software sales. A company is great to me and we have a great relationship and I'm, I'm really grateful um, to be there. And I'm able to, and this is where I'm getting to the advice I think is helpful for a lot of folks, is I'm able to do a lot of these other things um, because, again, systems and putting processes in place and being structured and prioritization and all that. But the thing I always propose a lot of folks is like, if you're spending eight hours, let's say, a day in your job, and let's say you don't like your job or you don't want to be there. You're fantasizing about all these other things you want to do. What are you doing on the off-peak times? Like, are you even investing an hour a week into the insert whatever it is? Whether it's you want to do a project or you want to start a business. Or maybe it's just you want to spend more time with your family because you haven't done. You know, like, what are you doing in those times? So if you don't like the eight hours, what are you doing to get to the next level? Like, like. To, to what you're doing now, it didn't start at the beginning, you weren't making money at this and doing this full time day one. But you put time and effort. And so I, I talk a lot about the delayed gratification, where a lot of us are so we have such a hard time delaying gratification to like a future state, we have to have whatever now I got to buy the nicest house or the car or insert whatever. But you don't realize that well, if you could do things now, so again, hey, I can start a project now that I work on an hour a week or two hours or five or 10 or whatever it is in off-peak times. Yeah, that might stink a little bit. Yeah, maybe I don't get as much sleep as I'd like or maybe I don't get to watch my football you know, team or anything like that. But if you can look a few years down the road on where that could grow to and that could, maybe it's not your full-time job in three years, but maybe it's something you're actually, it's making your life more fulfilled, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing things that maybe lead to it being full-time down the road. I don't, I don't know. That's one example, but it's the same idea for like, um, if you, you know, I'm big into health and wellness. And it's like, well, if you want to lose 50 pounds, you're not going to lose 50 pounds today, right? Yeah. But you need to delay the gratification of maybe it's unhealthy eating because that stuff tastes good. Or maybe it's, again, not going to the gym because sometimes, you know, going to the gym's tough and there's days you don't want to go. But if you could plot yourself down the path and put the effort in now, it's going to pay off in one, two, three years, five yeah. years, whatever it is. So I think that's such a big thing that we, we we see a lot of other folks like, you know, they're doing so many great things, it seems like, and whatever. They're struggling just as well. They're making yeah. those decisions just like we are because it all comes down to choices. I talk a lot about, you know, we make the choice to change. We have this idea, I want to change, I want to do something. But what we fail to do is commit to the change. So there's a gap there, right, between that there are two different things. Saying you want to change and committing to the change are two different things. Because committing to the change means, all right, I'm going to get up early in the morning to work out. Or 
I'm going to actually stock my pantry with nutritious food versus chips and whatever. You know, like you start to make decisions, you start to prioritize things different than the past, your, you know, the past self. Yeah. So I think it's so important if we choose to make an actual uh, change um, and commit to it, it's, a, it's amazing what we can do because now we're focused on like, this is, this is going to be achieved, right? We didn't yeah. ju- it wasn't just some pipe dream, you know? So anyways, yeah. that's a ta- long tangent around a few different things, but just kind of my, my stream of consciousness based on mm-hmm. what you said. So, yeah, you fall in love with the process. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, I, I want to go back. So this is, I'm going to loop it back somehow. Um, okay. w- when you mentioned this Ford thing, cause you talk in this a lot, the, what came to mind is it, are, can those be combined? Because I, the way I look at, like, if I looked at this when I was younger, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. It's great. You know? But I actually, like, why can't our dreams, our occupation, our family, our recreation all work together and mm-hmm. be one in the same thing? Like, as I look at my structure of my day, my, so I have a 10-year-old son. He's number one on the priority list. Nothing else, you know, gets, gets above that. So I uh, structure my day around taking him to school, picking him up from school, going on walks, going to whatever. And then I fill in the rest of my day. Yeah. And same with like, uh, again, the, the dreams, kind of the thinking of the future and all this stuff, you know, potentially what I just mentioned, that could be a mesh of your occupation. If you mm-hmm. put the time in, it might not be today, but we could get to it being the dreams you want to get to if you actually put the time. So I'm, I'm just curious how you think about that framework and how they mesh together. Yeah, I, I think about it must much less conceptually and much more tangibly, I guess. In terms of like your family, so what I know, you have a son, right? Right. Um, and like that is a fact of your life, is that you have a son. So like, and I'm, I'm curious about people like if they have siblings, if they still have both their parents, how they met their significant other. So it's it's less of thinking about it from like a, what does this mean to me or what is this priority? You could talk okay, about Okay, I see. Things. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, okay, that's good. And, and yeah, more so like what are the facts of your life? Okay. Like your occupation, where you went to school is where you went to school. It doesn't mean that it didn't like wasn't a dream of yours or something like that. Okay. But it's almost like you're just gathering the pieces of people's lives because then you can work with that information and think about one of the questions I enjoy asking people is if you think about your life like a pie chart or your identity as a pie chart, what are the categories that make up who you are mm-hmm. and what are the percentages? And I think that in the way you're thinking about it is where you take all of that stuff and say, here's how it all combines. Okay. Like podcast is a hobby slash job of mine and it is a dream of mine to grow that. So you can start to pull them all together, but it's kind of like, before we do that, what are the actual ingredients that we're working with here? Hmm. That's okay. I like, so we're probably talking the same front. I'm more thinking in the, like your pie chart example in the future, yeah, yeah, exactly. but you got to start yeah. with the facts of like, Hey, where are we actually at? And yes. I guess it goes back to, you know, maybe what I mentioned about, you know, discovering, you know, who we are, right. To discover happiness is you kind of have to understand a little bit who you are first yes. before you can ever get to that next step. You know, if you're just kind of like, if you're just thinking present day, which is important, but if you're not like focusing on, okay, where did I come from? What are the things that I value? You know, that could help set you up for success in the future, I guess. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't ever take the time to reflect on where they've been and what they've been through yeah. and how that's shaped who they are today. Yeah. And especially as I talk at events around like diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, it's like, how can we, connect with each other currently if we don't know the past of what we're connecting with it's like it just when you i talk about the depth when you acknowledge the depth of people like there are things from your past you can connect on or there are things that someone else's story that they went through 10 years ago could teach you about them today so yeah it's just defining those pieces because sometimes we're chatting with each other and we're making judgments of each other without ever knowing or acknowledging that those pieces even exist. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, man, this has been fun. I want to be respectful of your time because um, I know you got other stuff. What uh, what uh, what's your next few weeks, months look like for your 10K? Anything exciting to share? Any fun endeavors going on? 
Yeah, I'm speaking at KPMG next week, which will be cool. I'm speaking at a college in Maryland tomorrow called Hood College. And then <laughs> in, in um, October, I'll be speaking at Shell. So it feels good to have some bigger brands bringing me in to speak because I think that will help me on my speaking journey and just in a place of a lot of, yeah, like I said earlier, reflection right now of what can I mine from my journey? I feel like if I'm at a gold mine in my mind, I have to figure out how to go down there, mm-hmm. extract that gold and what is the best way to deliver it to people. So that's what it looks like. And the meeting people will always be functioning as a, as a thing. It's, I'm interested to learn about other speakers' lives because some people do it full time. Other people are like professors who speak. So I'll be interested in that balance too, because my number one goal is still to meet 10,000 people one-on-one for one hour each. It's yeah. just that speaking has become a really great way to support that. So yeah, I'm just excited to deliver those speeches, to, to grow in my confidence in my ability to present and to hopefully have that lead to more opportunities in 2023. Hey everyone, and just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.